Welcome to the official Substack of Brandon Ritchie podcast episode. Today's date is August the 13th, 2023, and if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome aboard. I'm excited to have you here for today's episode, and I believe you're going to find it very interesting. Additionally, if you are a returning listener, of course, always excited to have you ladies and gentlemen back into the fold here. So today, uh, real quick, I want to uh, point out that uh, if you are tuning in for the first time, the whole point of this show, the entire existence of this, this podcast and blog serves as a map for helping you and those around you to be a zenith during chaotic times, okay? Zenith means at your peak, at your best. This comes from my coaching background as a strength professional fitness and strength coach and training people to do that uh, both mentally and physically, okay? And there are three, in, in terms of today's episode, there are three things that I want to highlight real quick that I'm going to be getting into here. All right, so kind of to give you an overview of today's uh, episode, the three things I'm going to touch on. Of the first is what is involved with the acquired human skill uh, that is known as the said S A I D principle. Okay, and the second thing is what is the zeitgeist telegraphing to us with gold aliens and UFOs. And the third thing is, what should we as citizens be demanding from those who work in the shadows? Okay, this and all of this, I'm going to get into and and clarify here in just a moment. But if you are tuning in for the first time, I need you to do do me a favor. If you as you start listening to this episode and you like the episode and you appreciate and support the message, this is very much an anti-administrative state media platform. This is an independent media platform, and the way this works is I, if, as I build support, if you like the message, because it's anti-administrative state media platform, uh, it gets suppressed. It gets suppressed on Facebook and Twitter, and to help me overcome that suppression, to help me circumvent it, I need your word of mouth. I need you to be an activist and share this episode, share the links to uh, to the blog, to the podcast, to your friends, family, co-workers, uh, colleagues, um, whoever that you feel would, would appreciate the message. And through that word of mouth is how we can build this coalition. And this is how we get the information out. Additionally, any engagement that you have, whether you're a returning listener or a new listener, any engagement here directly on the Substack is tremendously helpful. So anytime you, you like an episode directly on the Substack, if you fold down, there's a, uh, scroll down, there's a like button there and uh, you can leave a comment, any type of any and all of that engagement, sharing the show links. Any and all of that is what makes this show go. It's the only thing that makes it exist. Furthermore, if you want to put that support on uh, and supercharge it, basically, if you scroll down below the fold directly on as you visit the website, either on this episode or if you go directly to brandonritchie.substack.com, uh, you can you can sign up and be a subscriber, and it goes directly. You'll be prompted to an opt-in box, and it'll go the new episodes. You'll be prompted to sign up and then the new episodes will be emailed directly to your email inbox every time they go live, every time a new episode goes up or a new article. Uh, And on that note, uh, if you want to put it on supercharge, you can become a paid subscriber. So if you scroll below the fold there on this episode or directly on the site, you can uh, basically become a paid member and access the paid content. I have content that's uh, free and, but I also have content that's exclusive to full access paid members only. 
And that content is very powerful, uh, much like all the free content, but there's a little more juice to it for the paid members there. So with that in mind, um, today I want to get into the nuts and bolts of today's. Oh, also real quick uh, before I forget, you can also listen on uh, alternative platforms such as uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, TuneIn Pocket Cast, any of those alternative platforms. If you're on Spotify or Apple or any of them, please leave me a five-star review. And uh, if you're on Spotify, hit the follow button. Take about two seconds to hit the five-star rating. That also helps me to really jump and surge into the algorithms of those platforms, which is also another in- form of engagement to help me overcome the suppression that we're all subject to today in this uh, kind of this uh, totalitarian world that we're uh, trying to stop from totally consuming us. So on that note, today's title of the of the article audio readout is the telegraphing moves of the zeitgeist. Okay, the telegraphing moves of the zeitgeist. Preface. Okay, quote. The whole secret lies in confusing the enemy so that he cannot fathom our real intent. End quote. Sun Tzu, The Art of War. I've always been involved in athletics, and this was obviously the driving factor that resulted in me deciding to go into the fitness industry as a working professional. I've been a lifelong athlete and a natural competitor, and as I've gotten older, I realize more and more just how important and beneficial this has been to me on a number of levels regarding my professional pursuits, mental health, physical health, and general ability to exercise my awareness of my environment. If you've tuned into this show and read or listened to this podcast blog, then you've often heard me talk about the significance of being able to understand your environment. Whenever I mention that, I'm not meaning for you to take that lightly. In fact, I started this blog and podcast to communicate a a variety of skills and strategies in order to help to train you physically and mentally to really acquire the ability to think, discern, and solve your way out of the environmental problems we're all faced with on a daily basis. After all, if you observe the general news cycle from the administrative state media, the ASM, on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, and year-to-year basis, then you'd think that Ukraine is winning the war. You'd think that the pandemic was the fault of the unvaccinated that the banking and financial system is back to optimal health, that our election system is more secure than ever, and that the education system is actually an education system rather than the disastrous indoctrination camp that they are proving to be with every new class of teenagers that enters into the workforce these days. Meanwhile, if you are capable of observing reality, you know and understand with clarity that the country is clearly being run into the dirt by a corrupt, illegitimate regime that apparently is in power due to the fact that they acquired more legal votes in the most secure election of our history, according to them. Of course, the Biden regime is in power due to the fact that the American people rushed to the polls with no rigged process of the elections whatsoever and with a record number of 81 million votes pushed him across the finish line in glorious fashion because he's no establishment shill with a dirty record in Washington, D.C., like the rest of those other corrupt politicians that run that city. Now, if you're capable of discernment, then you'd understand that I'm being completely sarcastic with the previous statement regarding the fair election of Biden. Of course he's illegitimate. Our entire administrative state is illegitimate, and many of us 
have known this since before the Biden was ever elected. But many are just now seeing the corruption play out in real time, and they're confused, shocked, and disturbed. Of course, many people are either too apathetic or, or demoralized to ever be capable of recognizing it, but there will always be a segment of the population of those people. However, how is it that some people can anticipate what is happening in the real world while others simply cannot? How can some people see the trends of what's coming down range while others cannot? I'll get into that shortly, but I will say that being self-employed certainly has helped me with gaining understanding in this arena. Now, I want to be clear that I'm not saying this with the motivation to feed my ego or to try to put myself onto some kind of pedestal. That is not my point at all. In fact, that's not anywhere close to the point I'm trying to make to you here today. However, the point I am trying to make is that when looking at societal issues that unfold in today's world and across today's media landscape, discovering what is more truthfully accurate and being able to predict the direction of how things will develop and play out requires a bit of digging, discernment, and work. After all, since the pandemic hit three years ago, getting to the truth and uncovering what was more accurate in terms of what has been going on in the world is the entire motivation behind the existence of this podcast and blog. Please just take a moment and ask yourself the following question. Are there people that tend to be more correct at identifying trends, seeing corruption, and predicting certain outcomes based on their accurate observations and anticipation of certain corrupt people and organizations in society? I would say this is an absolute yes. Does this mean that we always have the exact answer to certain predictions of societal outcomes? No, good predictors of human nature won't always have the, quote, exact, end quote, answers when it comes to objective outcomes, but good predictors will have, quote, more accurate, end quote, answers when it comes to predicting certain societal outcomes because of their discipline to read and connect dots based on being able to recognize given motivations, actions, and ideologies of certain organizations and groups of people. I think I've always had a good feel for doing this because I'm a small business owner. If you're a small business owner, then you understand what it means to think deeply about how to walk through the process of securing your business, not only for growth, but equally for the purpose of protection as well. After all, one can produce wealth, but one must also understand how to protect that which was produced at the same time. At the end of the day, if you're incapable of the latter, then what's the point of the former? Heading the said principle. So now I wanted to go back to touch on and elaborate a bit more on why some people can anticipate what is happening in the real world better than others. As I stated, owning a small business served as a good practice run for me to get the feel of this, and if you own a business, this will make more sense to you as well. So what do I mean by that? How does owning a business help one with understanding the environment better? therefore making one better equipped for making predictions and taking measures to protect oneself from the external forces that are always thrusting unwanted challenges upon the rest of society. As I mentioned quite frequently here on this blog and podcast, the first step to this comes back to being able to recognize the environment. When I refer to the environment, what I mean is that I'm basically taking inventory on those things which make up the function of the environment. The primary and first key element that makes up the environment is people. That's right. Human beings are the first agent of change you need to look at when trying to make sense of your environment. 
Granted, now with the looming threat of AI, we could probably add that to the equation as well, but I digress. So how does this work? When taking inventory of your environment, consider the forces that influence both yours and my environment. Aside from people, those forces consist of several different fields of influence combined with lived, documented human experience. For instance, the economy is a field that directly impacts both of our environments. Another example is culture, another is philosophy, finance, history, geopolitics, and individual health and fitness as well. So in my own personal case here, all of these fields are things that I've had to deal with quite frequently throughout my career in life. After all, since I'm a business owner, I don't have a choice in understanding and having to get my arms around the financial and economic environment in order to better navigate the operation of my business. If I didn't, then the business would cease to exist, and I wouldn't be talking to you now with this show. Additionally, in my personal case, I just happen to be a student of history and philosophy, so that covers those bases <clears throat> in terms of those fields of influence. I've always had a genuine curiosity about politics, and I'm also a professional fitness and strength coach, so that covers the field of influence in regards to individual health and fitness. So here you can see, in my case, how I've been able to navigate this modern environment. Once again, this is not an ego session. To clarify once more, I'm merely pointing to and referencing my own personal background and experiences to illustrate why and how it is that I talk about these issues with such great enthusiasm and knowledge. It's simply because I just happen to be a guy that is in a profession where I've not only had any other choice, but to learn more about these various fields of study and influence. That's all I'm saying. So now that's out of the way, the bottom line is that I've had to deal with these different areas and fields. Because of this, I've had the opportunity to become more and more efficient at nailing down the understanding of these things and connecting the dots through regular effort and practice. Does this mean I'm always exactly right about everything? No, it doesn't. However, I've noticed in the past few years that the more effort, energy, and time I put into studying the environment, I find that I am way more accurate than inaccurate as world events play out on the global and local stage. As a professional coach, I can attest to the fact that this regular effort and practice improves one's skill, which can also be explained as a phenomenon that is known in my field as the SAID principle. S-A-I-D SAID stands for Specific Adaptations to Imposed Demands. This basically asserts that given stressors that are introduced onto the human body, whether biomechanical or neurological, will result in the specific adaptations to those imposed demands. Basically, this is a fancy way of saying that in order for you to get better at a given skill, you must practice that specific skill in order to acquire the necessary adaptations for mastering that skill. In short, if you want to get better at hitting a baseball, then you wouldn't practice shooting a basketball. You would practice hitting the baseball in order to get better at that particular skill. Now, this may seem obvious. However, when it comes to the arena of politics, history, philosophy, etc., many people would rather argue about these things without putting in the practice to truly understand these fields of influence. As an example, when it comes to these fields of influence, people will get emotional and charge in hard and have strong feelings about something that they know very little about. That's something that's always been a bit of a mystery to me, but then again, human nature is at times a mystery. 
The more direct point I'm trying to make here is that given the corruption that has infiltrated our economic, political, financial, medical, cultural, and educational environment, none of us have any other choice than to implement the said SAID principle for ourselves by working consistently smarter in order to acquire deeper understanding of what's going on in a world full of deception. Chances are, if you tune into this blog and podcast regularly, you have the hunger and desire to gain more understanding and a fresh perspective on these matters. But my guess is that you probably have a very demanding life schedule and you're busy with life. This would obviously make additional time for research a more difficult task for you. I totally understand, and this show exists to help you to fill those gaps and to give you an assist in reaching the zenith of that understanding. I want to help you to read and anticipate the moves that are being telegraphed by the environment which are occurring in the current zeitgeist of our time. Heading, the zeitgeist of gold, UFOs, and aliens. I've always been a fan of movies and enjoy streaming certain series from certain people. I enjoy a good story, and I believe very strongly in the fact that storytelling is one of the most powerful tools in terms of influencing and transforming the zeitgeist of a given time. By the way, if you didn't know the meaning of that word zeitgeist, it means the defining mood and the accepted beliefs and norms of the time. So when we look at the culture and history of human existence, the way we understand the different times throughout history is by understanding the zeitgeist of that time we are examining. To learn more about this, make sure you check out my episode here titled The Overlapping Zeitgeist of a Generation. For my listeners, if you scroll down here to the to this portion of the article right here in the in the article, you'll see that this uh, this is hyperlinked so you can click there for the article. Keeping that in mind, a few years ago, back in 2014, I saw the first John Wick movie and probably like you thought it was a really cool action movie with a great setting. However, I noticed something a bit unique in all of the John Wick movies that really got my attention. Aside from John Wick's slick choice of style with his killer suits, pun intended, (laughs) and impressive collection of firearms, the other thing that got my attention was how Mr. Wick would pay for everything with a gold coin. In fact, in the very first John Wick movie, he uses a sledgehammer to break open the concrete in his basement where he had a chest buried underneath. When he opened the chest, the inside was full of guns and many beautiful rolled gold coins. In addition to this, a few months ago I saw a movie that was titled Gold that was apparently released in 2022. Given the title, Gold was obviously involved in that film as well. Just recently, I saw another great new action movie titled Sisu. In Sisu, a prospector strikes gold, and as luck would have it, he crosses paths with a group of Nazis on a violent retreat in northern Finland during World War II. I also highly recommend this movie. So why am I telling you about these films? Well, an interesting observation, in my opinion, as well as the common denominator in all of these films starting back with John Wick in 2014 is that they all involve a theme using gold in the storylines. So as I made that observation, I found myself asking the question, why? Now, if you pay close attention to the environment and you've done enough research, then you know without question that there's always been an element of social engineering throughout culture and entertainment in order to shape the behavior and norms of society. Now, where did we hear those words, behavior and norms? Ah, yes, 
That is what I established earlier that is known as the zeitgeist. The intelligence community has always had a hand in this influence of the zeitgeist. In case you've forgotten, one of the most recent examples of this was with the FBI involvement with Twitter and their influence on the 2020 election as Elon Musk exposed with his Twitter file drops to the now famous reporter that pushed it out into the open, Matt Taibbi. So given the gold theme of these movies, why did that get my attention? First of all, gold and silver are precious metals that have traditionally been used as a store of value for investments as a hedge against inflation. Now, you've got to think about this because the first John Wick movie was was released back in 2014, and the other two movies have come out much more recently in the last couple of years. However, there have been many John Wick movies from 2014 up until now, along with several other films and TV shows with a working gold theme in the storylines. However, in the last two to three years, the federal government under Joe Biden has blown up inflation to 40-year record highs due to the seemingly endless printing of money by the Federal Reserve combined with the out-of-control spending that we're seeing in Washington, D.C., This constant spending and printing of money has been a blatant abuse of our currency. Additionally, when the Biden regime went to full-blown economic warfare with Russia by taking them off of the SWIFT, uh, which stands for the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications Banking System, it caused a lot of other countries to take notice and to address the concerns that if America could do that to Russia, then it could also do that to them. As a result, we now have the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa nations looking to meet in Durban, South Africa here starting on August 22, 2023 for a plan to de-dollarize their trades with some, uh, some sort of new currency that is looking to be backed by gold. You see, the reason the United States has been able to print so much money without a complete economic and societal collapse so far up until now is because the United States dollar is the world's reserve currency and has been since World War II. In other words, whenever countries across the globe do financial trades with each other, they have traditionally used the United States dollar because of the confidence in the strength of our currency. However, Since Biden has abused the currency and used it for economic warfare aggression against Russia, we now are faced with a situation where our biggest enemies, along with some allies, are looking to come off of the dollar as the world's reserve currency. Whether you like it or not doesn't matter. The reality is that the confidence in the U.S. dollar is waning. The question is, how much and how fast will this confidence dissolve? This would be absolutely devastating to our nation in a way that many economists, as well as President Trump, say would be equivalent or even worse than losing World War III. However, given the record high inflation we're facing now, gold and silver precious metals are being bought up by our enemy nations, as well as the big banks in tremendously large quantities. In fact, many of these nations have hit record reserves in gold stores in 2022 and are on track to surpass that here in 2023. Could the gold theme being inserted into the culture have been a sort of telegraphing move that the zeitgeist was trying to show us? Could the zeitgeist have been preparing us for this current time with inflation and possibly even for the potential of something worse? Regardless of what you or I think, we're faced with the reality of it right here and now because it's happening. 
so now that I've pointed to the gold theme potentially telegraphing some moves to us within the culture and zeitgeist, what sort of messaging are we getting with the current culture of UFOs and possible uh, alien life forms? Just recently, Congress held hearings with the testimony of some government whistleblowers revealing some information about the alleged evidence of UFOs and alien life forms. According to the testimony of one whistleblower, David Grush testified and made claims that the United States government has possession of crashed UFOs as well as non-human pilots that have been recovered for quite some time by our government. Going back to the culture signals in television and movies, as a Gen Xer, I remember two pieces of work in film and television that really got my attention on the prospect of UFOs and the possibility of aliens. One interesting observation about the following TV show and movie is that both kicked off in 1993 with the X-Files TV show as well as the famous movie Fire in the Sky, which was a biopic of Travis Walton and his story of being abducted by extraterrestrial beings. I can remember being shocked at seeing these when they came out as the thought of UFOs and extraterrestrials to me at the time was a little distressing. I suppose it was all about the fear of the unknown that got to me, but what I found is that over time, I became more accepting of the idea of it. Now, don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying that I necessarily believe 100% that extraterrestrials exist right here and now, but personally speaking, I do believe in the idea and possibility of it, and I believe it more than I don't believe it at this time. So once again... The theme of UFOs and extraterrestrials have been injected into the zeitgeist now for quite some time. And as a Gen Xer, the X-Files and Fire in the Sky really brought this into the culture in a way that hadn't been done up until that point in, in my personal opinion. So what is the real story here? Once again, I like to observe the environment carefully and once... And once I started seeing a gold theme, I figured there would be some sort of financial or economic issue that would be plaguing the country in the time that followed with the films like John Wick, Sisu, and Gold that had been picking up the pace with the, quote, gold theme, end quote, in the last few years. I also coupled this observation with the knowledge, in fact, that I also knew that when Joe Biden was installed into the White House, that he was simply a corrupt D.C. grifter that has never had a job in the private sector and only knows how to make money inside the corrupt Washington, D.C. machine. Given this, I knew he was clueless about what it takes to create true wealth within a society. Therefore, the only thing he could resort to was big government spending, big government expansion, and firing up the printing press over at the Federal Reserve. Of course, he's proven me right by putting all of this activity on steroids. As far as the presence of UFOs and extraterrestrials picking up momentum within the messaging in our culture and zeitgeist, what does this mean for us next? I'm not quick to say that the origin of UFOs are simply terrestrial, only because I don't want to discount the many decades of individuals who have made claims about having harrowing personal encounters. Could some of those people simply be seeking attention? Of course. But I don't believe all of these people have lied who have claimed to have had an unexplained or unusual encounter with either an extraterrestrial or UFO. After all, there have been many of these witnesses spanning across decades since the Roswell incident and the Battle of Los Angeles going all the way back to 1942 and 1947. 
The point is that the prospect of UFOs and extraterrestrials have been injected into the zeitgeist for quite some time now. The question is that now that the government, after having lied for decades that UFOs and extraterrestrials did not exist, why all of a sudden are they now saying that they do exist? So if you don't trust the government, I get it. I don't either. However, ask yourself the following question. If you didn't trust the government when they said UFOs and extraterrestrials didn't exist, then what has changed now that they're admitting to the public that they do exist with these whistleblowers? Yet, as these whistleblowers come forward, the intelligence community has been operating in secrecy and being funded with tax dollars with no accountability, as we discovered in the recent congressional hearings with David Grush. You see, that's the real story here. It's not whether you believe that aliens and UFOs exist, or whether they're terrestrial or extraterrestrial, but rather the public should be demanding full transparency. The problem we have now in our society is an out-of-control federal government that has gotten so big, bloated, and corrupt that it's clearly reached a point of critical mass, which is putting our country at an inflection point. In 2024, if we can't turn this around with the election of a fighter brave enough to take on the administrative state like Donald Trump, then we will go the way of China in terms of the controlled destruction of our country. Heading the wrap-up. In short, the inflection point that we find ourselves in involves two things, in my opinion. The first is the federal government having grown to be literally 25% of the country's GDP. My solution to that is that it must change. The federal government must face a significant downsize. The second is that there must be accountability with the corruption that is going on within the federal government, and the first step to getting accountability is forcing full transparency. All of this corrupt activity that has been funded by yours and my tax dollars for decades without accountability and has occurred because all of their activity has been cloaked under the veil of secrecy. I mean, here we are decades later, and the feds still keep classified records on the assassinations of JFK, Robert Kennedy, uh, MLK, and Malcolm X. They've maintained a veil of secrecy, and for what reason? I personally don't believe that reason is for the good of you or me. That's a weak excuse they use so that they can continue to do things behind closed doors without accountability. Just like they've kept classified records on the assassination of these men, here they've been keeping classified records on the existence of UFOs and extraterrestrials. Additionally, the key element here is that the zeitgeist is telegraphing some moves for us to observe so that, so that we can be better prepared for what's to come. After all, it's our job to be a zenith at understanding our environment, and that requires effort on our part through the said SAID principle, because those that don't want us to understand the environment clearly want that as they prefer to continue operating their day-to-day in the shadows. I hope you enjoyed today's article podcast. If so, I hope you would choose to support this platform as part of the Patriot Economy as well. Be an emissary of freedom and help to push this piece out to your friends, family, and co-workers. In order for both you and me to influence and strengthen our society, we must not stay idle. So please make sure you hit the subscribe and share buttons here below. Spreading messages like this one is how we influence our culture, and I need your help in order to do it. 
Also, listen to this episode here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Pocket Cast. If you like this podcast and message, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating on the Spotify platform. Also, to connect with me, please make sure you join me here on Twitter, Facebook, Getter, and now Substack's new social media called Notes. All right, stay strong, stay focused, stay active, and have a great day.